Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, all right, all right. Here we go, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, the Talent Tank. We're going to take another dive in, not you know just dip our toes in and get them wet a little. And looking back at me right now is this guy, Michael London, driver of the 4825 EMC racer. Good looking fella that I know almost nearly nothing about, which this is going to be super fun. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat about what this guy's got going because he, he's, he's popped up on my radar enough times that he's got to pop up on other people's radars. Michael, how are you? I am good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking to you and we're, we're going <laughs> we're gonna to knock out this episode 46 and, uh, and, and, you know, I always try to carry new guys and get the story, like how, how you found your way to ultra four and how you ended up in the fold. And you've been, I think, you know, you showed up at KOH, uh, like 2018 and then you raced it in 19 and 20 and 20. So got, we've got a lot of yeah. ground to cover. But you're known, you know, for, for right off the bat, the thing that strikes me about you and why you popped up on my radar, because, uh, your car is a very good looking car. You drive a two seat Jimmy chassis in the MC and it's that I call it battleship gray, but it's kind of, you know, uh, what would you call a a lusterless gray? It's, it's kind of got some digital camo in there and it's, it's kind of a flat gray color. Um, take you know, and we'll probably get into this later, but I, I kind of cut my teeth in car stuff doing show cars. So we got to look cool. Right. And then that, that was kind does. of a joke is when, is when we, we just show up at races and like, Hey, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to look cool anyways. So I, I take a lot of pride in that, but yeah, I want to hear about you because we all have that first experience of being at our first race where we're like driver a record and, and not having been around it. And yours is fairly recent, right? It's only a few years ago. So I'm very excited about that. You race under the GSM livery, which is. Yep. That's uh gray squad motorsports. That's uh that's me and whoever I can con into showing up to help me out. Oh, I love that. Um, it's, it's, you know, we'll get into it later, but it's become, it's, it's since become kind of one big family with the warrior belt foundation and just kind of a, a whole thing with all kinds of stuff. Those guys got class 11s and dirt bikes and we're having a really good time with all of it. But yeah, man, we just, we're like, we got to have a cool name and we got to look cool and then we'll figure out how to race later. Yeah. So warrior built. So I, uh, which, I mean, we're going to get there. Warrior built is just an amazing charity. They do a lot of good stuff for a lot of great folks. And I know a lot of great folks that have gotten involved with them and it's been really cool to see their inputs into that organization, how it's changed them and how yeah. it's helped them. So it's always that you you're giving a, to a charity and you're supporting a charity and you're putting your time into it uh, to help others, but invariably it helps you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sure does, man. Well, we will get there, man. So today you're going to be packing your bags here and you're going to be getting on the road in a couple of days. You've got San Felipe this weekend. Uh, you guys are headed South of the border. You live in Moab today. So you live, you already live in off-road Mecca. I do, man. I got a love-hate relationship with this town, but I, I, I'm here right now. We've been here a couple of years, had a chance to leave the rat race of kind of the DC area. I was like, oh, hell, I grew up coming out to Moab. Um, so we just came out here. My kid's crushing it. I got a 17-year-old. He's a junior in high school. He's thriving. But yeah, man, I have a love-hate relationship with this town. It's, it's a really great place to be outdoors. But 
you know, I don't want to get too much into the politics of it, but the, the, you're, the you're on the other counter, end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, man. They, they don't want us here anymore. <laughs> and I will tell you, you know, myself included and everyone listening, like, uh, they're pretty jealous that you literally have a race in your backyard. So there's at least one race a year. You don't travel. Right, man. That is so cool. It's 15 minutes and I could, I could actually drive my race car. If I went on the power lines, I almost did it just for the hell of it. I could drive my car to BFE. I didn't do it, but it could be done. That's awesome. <laughs> but now there's people like they're, they're hating on you right at this, this very moment. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to live, man. It's just, it's uh it's a tourist town. You know, you're literally on an Island. It's two hours to any, any real town to get any, need any real shopping or anything like that done, man. It's a road trip, but. So how long have you lived in my lab? I've lived here just over two years. Okay. You guys moved out of there from uh, the DC area. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm not complaining, man. I'm, you know, we were sitting in traffic for, you know, two hours a day, go, go one way. And, you know, this is, you walk in the DMV here and it's one lady and there's nobody at the line and the, at the counter. And, you know, there's, there's a, there's a really nice, there's a lot to like about Moab, even outside of the off-roading, but I, th- I feel like it's maybe a little bit too small for me. I'm going to pull the, the DC line right here. That's in vogue right now. We're going to circle back to that. <laughs> cool. So right now, so you're, you're prepping for San Felipe. Tell me about the GSM Motorsports uh, effort to run down south of the border and race the El Rey. Man, I'm stoked. It's, uh, you know, I think it's every kid that likes off-roads dream to go to race in Baja. We were set to do it 29th or whenever COVID happened, like right before COVID. Uh, last year. Um, we, we had everything lined up, house, registered, all that. And then, and then that happened and that kind of bummed us out for the rest of the season. And this year we're, I think right now we're fourth in national points. That's which, what I know, saw. There's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of racing left, but we're going to Mexico, man. We're, we don't have a whole lot of help, <laughs> but we're stoked. We're going to go. And I, you know, if it was easy, I guess everyone would do it. So it's, it's been a lot of work to get to this point, but man, I, I spent all day on the trailer today. The car is ready to go. Well, I'm waiting for uh, my buddy to show up here this weekend. And we're going to head down and link up with Nick Ham from Waterbilt in Tucson and get down there and get it done and then cross over. Where do you guys cross over? We're, well, I've never been there, but we're yeah, going to try to link up with, uh, yeah, we're going to try to link up. I guess there's a, a liaison that ultra force kind of worked with the tourism industry to meet us all kind of like 12, 1230 and, and, and kind of smooth out the process of getting over. So I did see an email on that. And then I saw some yeah. Facebook on that. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. So ultra, ultra four has done a good job. I remember a few years ago, it was Terry Madden. Funny enough is we're well, I'm sure we'll, his name will come up again in this conversation based on uh, knowing you and uh, Warrior Built, but he was running behind and he crossed over on his own at night in the dark solo and he got robbed. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And and he wrote, you know, he, it was a it was a, bad, it was a really bad deal, but at yeah. the same time, it's like Terry, you really you can only blame yourself on that. Yeah, like they you saw you, that, com- man. they saw you coming a mile away. Like you, <laughs> you, I know it's, it's, it's truly, you know, I believe it's safe down there and that's why we're racing down there, but it, it is, it is safe, but you've got to watch your P's and Q's. You've, you've got to go in groups. You've got to look out for each other. And then invariably stuff will walk off of chase trucks. That's just, that's just the sure. way Mexico is. But if everyone's you know watching their stuff and watching out for each other, then it, it is safe. It's, you know, at least what we're told and what we're seeing, but yeah, if you're going to go solo, you are going to, you're yeah. like the slowest Buffalo. They're going to, 
we're gonna snag you. <laughs> and, Terry, and Terry got snagged. I don't know uh, what the year that was. Maybe that was 2019. It was a. He's was, always getting into something, man. God, he is. He is. So, so <laughs> just, just before we went, we started to record. Everybody uh, sitting here talking to Michael, and we we're going through the headshots. And headshots are kind of a big thing for me. I make sure you know it's a certain look, and I'm going after you know because it becomes the artwork, not just on uh, social media, not just on uh, the talenttank.com. It's also embedded in the uh, ID three tag of the audio. So that's where all of the, you know, the, all the other streaming platforms, whoever you're listening to on it today, you know, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever, that's how that picture shows up. Um, like on your radio is because I've gotten the artwork, right. And, and the artwork to me is getting the guy's face, you know, just getting the best picture. And, you know, not everyone is photogenic or not everyone is at events where they're getting good pictures and not everyone is in front of Alan Johnson when he's doing headshots, so to speak his his sneak attack. So Michael has a really good one here, but it, but he's kind of looking, he's looking too, a little too far away and I call it a three quartering away. Look, you know, if anyone, anyone's <laughs> a shooter, you know what a three quartering away is. And so he's kind of the three quartering away and I'm kind of going to crop it. And I'm like, well, I really like it to be more of your face. You're a good looking dude. You're not ugly. Like most of us or some of the guys, like a really good three quarter in a way that I've got is like a Phil Licardi. Like, but everyone knows what yeah. Phil Licardi looks like from side and he's ugly from the, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, you, 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 but yours is, I'm like, okay, I'm telling you this. And then I'm like, but the problem with the, the, the crop out is in your background is just this big mane of blonde hair and it's Terry. I know. And it's just, I know, man. And, it's, and Terry, not that Terry ruins the picture. He just doesn't make it usable for, for my purposes. <laughs> So, his hair has got a, it has a mind of its own, man. It creeps in. Yeah. I remember when he had short hair. So it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. that was, that was a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> so how do you know that you, you know, Terry just through, uh, through warrior built? Yeah, man. I mean, it, and dude, that's, I mean, you know, stoked to be on this show, man, because this show, I listen to it every week and it's, it's always guys I look up to, you know, and it was everybody, know, everybody in all road racing knows who Terry is. And, and when we were, when we were kind of partnering up with warrior bill, you know, it was, it was JT and a couple other guys like, man, you got to get Terry in your car. And Terry's he's got a really good relationship with those guys. And I, I kind of didn't know that. And then we started talking, you know, he wasn't sure if he could get in the car at hammers cause he has a lot of other obligations. You know, he's a, this is his livelihood, you know, and I get that. And we ended up spending a little bit of time together. I went out to do a little shock tuning and we did the Thanksgiving deal out at, at Dave's place. And Terry and I got in the car and, and we hit it off pretty quick. And then, uh, I think he wasn't scared for his life after riding with me for a few minutes and we did the hammers thing. And, and that, you know, now we're, I think we're going to race the whole season together. So <laughs> something that cracks up here is what I did notice about you, uh, is you, your hashtag game is like on point. Like, like, <laughs> like you, your, your social media hashtag game is something else. And, and you, caught, you, you caught one, uh, that I caught that I just laughed. It, it had nothing to do with Terry, but it was like, uh, it's something about amigos. Like, like oh, dude, there's no talent, no drama, all amigo or something. No, no egos. Yeah. yeah that's right? what no it was. Egos, just no amigos. egos, just amigos. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, man, that's that, a good that BFE BFE car, man. We had so much fun at the BFE race, you know, hammers is stressful, but. We were just cruising, man. We we're we we're just like talking about life. I don't even think we talked about the race the whole damn day. We're looking, you know, the mountain, the snow capped mountains. We're like, dude, this is amazing. And we just got out of the car. And that that was 
the most fun I've had in on. And sometimes I'm not convinced it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> we had a good time. Well, don't, don't drop too much. Cause I'm going to talk about KOH this year. So, but backing it into uh San Felipe, you guys got to cross over uh, like Wednesday. Is that your plan? Yeah. Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, we'll be there. Uh, we're going to pre-run Thursday. Terry, Terry's doing the Sonora on the other side of the peninsula. So he's going to show up and get in the car like Friday. Oh, really? So, so the, oh yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I didn't know there was a, a, a Terry tie in that was current. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, he's meeting me down there, but he's not going to be able to pre-run or anything with us, or I don't even think he's going to be around for qualifying. So we're going to go down there and, uh, that might be a bit, that might be a good thing though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll run a lap at, at least Thursday, kind of do the Mexican thing. Hopefully yeah, tacos and the beer and all that hang out and, uh, we'll qualify Friday and race Saturday, man. And we're coming home Sunday. It's a kind of a quick trip, but I'm really looking forward to it. Man, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. We've got the uh, Wednesday night here. Wednesday night, we're going to do the the bench race session about this this race, and we're going to see what East Coast racers are going to talk smack about you. Um, I'm sure yeah. the, 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 there'll be a, there'll be a few. <laughs> I love you know I, I throw this out here every now and then you know the, the Casey Gilbert phone calls, and I got one this week. Casey going, hey man, uh. Well, it's like, it's actually starts out this way. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about this. Why don't you do that show earlier in the week so that you can have some more people on it, more involvement, not the guys on the road driving. They're already at the race. I'm like, well, Casey, this is a good point. I'm glad you're bringing this up to my, to my attention. One, the earlier day I could do it would be Tuesday. Okay. That is the one day of the week. I cannot schedule anything. I've fully committed on Tuesday. So that puts it on Monday. Well, most in ultra four being the ultra four team that work for ultra four, they're not even showing up to the site until Monday, Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. So I'm waiting to ensure that the information I have when we kind of go live that night is like the best. It's like how many laps, how many miles are the laps, right? Any little details or nuances that ultra four needs to ensure get out there. We make sure we get it on there so that on Thursday morning, it's kind of out. But yeah, let me yeah. record on Monday and be like, okay, it's, uh, <laughs> they're doing laps. How Nobody many laps? Knows. I don't know. How many miles? I yeah. don't know. JT's not even there. He's still flying in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so that, that's always, I'm like, in case he's like, okay, good point. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you got the last minute registration, the guys too, right? Yeah. And, like and the, you know, like that, keep it a secret. Well, I don't even know that that's the case. I think it's really the case of, you know, I, I love Alan Johnson. He's on top of it. Um, and especially now that he is officially full-time with ultra four, as those things come in, it's a little hard to constantly update the website. You know, every single time he looks yeah. at a new email, then he needs to run to the website. I know they were working on a new website that was supposed to kind of do that automatically as you register because you registered through the website and then it popped up, but we're still on the manual process, but I do know yeah. Alan has said, Hey, the most current list is what's up there. So that's what we go with, but invariably yeah. There'll be four or five. There'll be some stragglers that. Yeah. There's always somebody that shows up at the race. They can't do that this one. Yeah. You have to register early. They won't let you race. So. And, uh, fuel, you know, you got to schedule fuel, um, to get it down there. You know, VP is, uh, delivering again. So you had to get your orders. And I don't remember what the last day for that was. I feel like that it already passed though. You got your fuel ordered, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) No, we're good. Yeah, we, we did, man. We did. No, they've been great this year, man. It was, you know, and again, like you said, until JT gets there and JT gets eyes on, you know, everything's up for, for 
anyone's guess, but they they did a really good job of letting everybody know, you know, hey, here's going to be the mileage, you know, because you got to plan for you got to plan your fuel and stuff when you can't haul it with you. So that's right. I, I think they're doing as good a job as they can. So. Yeah, and and that's a known. San Felipe is a little bit of a known quantity versus like Rush. They'd never been there before. Uh, I'll tell you, JT, right now, him and uh, Goodby and uh, Bird, which is uh, Elrod. Yep. They are at the Buffalo Chip in South Dakota right now, uh, Sturgis, South Dakota, working on the track for what is that? A month from uh, it's it's coming up pretty quick for bike week. August. Yeah. So. They're working on yeah. that track now and building, you know, a little bit of, so my understanding is it starts on the short course, but then it goes way out and, and Goodby sent me some really good pictures. They are on the insiders group, uh, some ideas of kind of what the train looks like. It looks nice, hilly, nice transitions, no trees. So yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of really excited for that course because it's kind of, no, the first it, new you, one it, looks, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. And then the other new news I saw this week was nationals has officially landed on oklahoma i saw that i heard that last night did you race there uh, a year ago no man i went so we you know the only thing we raced last year was koh i went to the nationals last year kind of pitting for Cade. okay uh, so we, you've been we wanted there. to go anyways i've been there i think it's a really great place to race man i'm just worried you know the volatility of the weather there is what freaks me out <laughs> Hey, you don't, what you don't like tornadoes and hail <laughs> i move dude you, you some of the videos from you know a few years ago and those cars are just over the hood and mud and stuff and it's just like oh my god well, the, just, first, the, the, the first race we ever did i think the first time i ever met hartman man it was uh that dirty turtle and he he hauled his car down there and he, he didn't take out the trailer he was like no not doing it i was like that's a pretty gangster move man that's a lot like, of mud <laughs> Yeah, Rush, you know, we just since we just coming out of Rush, Kentucky, that was, uh, you know, flashback to that. I mean, one lap in and the only cars that you could see what they were was it was it was Jay, handsome Jay. You could still see his car because he rolled on lap one. So he was the only one that right. was still kind of clean. I think that was just to make sure the sponsor logos were still clean. One lap yeah, longer than everybody else. Give the sponsors <laughs> what they wanted. No, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, David Hartman, I didn't know. I mean, I can absolutely see David not, not unloading, but, um, Oklahoma, it is a driver's track. It is a really, it's kind of got the best of KOH style racing, not at KOH. It's really, really good in that regard. It's just kind of near, near nowhere and it doesn't have good spectator viewing. That's, yeah, I think that's the kind of the bummer man was, you know, I think everybody wanted it to be like Reno, you know, wherever it is. And that's, you know, the grandstands and, and all that stuff. But we'll, I guess we'll see, man. We're going to party. I, I, I'm <laughs> and, and that's the other side is a uh, lack of accommodations real close. I mean, there's the one casino, but it's all, it's pretty booked up. Then, so you got to go pretty far south. I don't know. It'll still be worth it. It won't matter. I mean, we would be around our friends. We're going to be ripping it. There's going to be race, race gas being burned. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It can't be bad. Funny story, everybody. This is how, so how this went down. I am actually pretty busy at, uh, you know, work, you know, surprisingly enough. And, and this past week, uh, Jesse Williams over on racing on the rocks podcast, he covers all the rock bouncers. Good dude. He posts up, I, I believe it was in the insiders group about who does marketing the best, like who's the best at marketing in our genre. And I, I think we all kind of 
know who num- the number one is, but under that, sure. it's like, we're all kind of sucking. Right. So it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's Lauren Healy, Lauren, you know, with Lauren's merger and partnership with Von Gittin and the, the Gittin RTR media machine. I mean, they, I think they have more people on staff and marketing than they do on in mechanics to race. I mean, they are, they're selling content and giving Ford and monster and RTR. And I mean, covering the Bronco, they are, they are a marketing machine outside of that. I'm not sure who it is. So it was a great question from, from Jesse who that was, but I think that got something going in your head. You started thinking about what am I doing from, you know, I need to do be doing more marketing. I need to be doing better marketing, right? Yeah, man. It's, you know, and I, I've learned it from your show actually, uh, you know, and you, and you talk and you listen to miles and Pam and then talk about, Hey, come talk to us. Cause we don't know, you know, and, and I've been, pretty bad and you know and for me it's just about the foundation and the guys man it's not i don't even know and we'll maybe get into this later if i if i even want to drive the car in the future but it's like man if you guys you know if people don't know what warrior belt's about and what gsm's about and kind of how we work together and and what what driving us to go do this then that's that's my deficiency right i need to I need absolutely to raise my hand and and we're we're, we're bad at that you know I think a lot of people are, but I mean, you hit, you hit the nail squarely on the head. So you call me the other night. Well, I guess, what is that? Monday night, Tuesday night, you call me the other night and, or no, you text me and said, Hey, can I talk to you when you have a chance? So then I call you and we missed, then you call me right back and you start saying, Hey man, you know, I need to do a better job at marketing. What should I do? I think was your question or roughly. And I'm like, Hey, I'll do you one better. I want to answer it. Let's market you right now. Come on the show this week. And we're going to talk about you know, a uh, gray squad motorsports is who Michael London is. And then we're going to talk about the foundation with warrior. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. And you're like, no here way, are, no man. way. So yeah, I was you, like, dude, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's not what I was calling, but I'm not going to tell you no. Yeah. That's I ain't awesome. going to say no. And, and, you know, we talked, as we talked about Terry, like, I listened to your show where, by the way, thank you. Thank you so much for liking the show and supporting the show and agreeing to come on, especially since we really don't know each other. I mean, I'm not scared of new people and you clearly aren't either. You, you said, I look up to these guys and I'm going to tell you, I look up to you I, and I look up to you in such a regard that, you know, I was you 15 years ago, you know, I, I, I went to a race or I thought about going to a race or I thought I was going to race me being any number of guys that are in this sport and showing up on day one with a car that I didn't know anything about, you know, I knew th- about the car, but I didn't know. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how this, this whole thing goes down. I didn't know about how the pitting works. I didn't know how to all of that. And I love that our group, me and you are not scared of that challenge. Right. Right. And it's kind of, it's a fraternity, right? It is. It totally is. And you know, people, we came at it with like, no, no egos or anything, but we were also like, yeah, we're off-roaders, man you know, we got this. Yeah, man, there's a lot of X's and O's you got to learn. And we learned a lot of them the hard way, but you know, one of the the most important things I learned is just ask people because everybody wants to help. You know, my dad had a pretty good line at, I think it was the first KOH we ever raced. And he was like, man, he was just blown away by the, the camaraderie in the pits and stuff. And he's like, if you ever lose faith in humanity, just come hang out here for a week, you know, and just see how everybody will bend over backwards for you, man. And we didn't ask enough questions when we first got started, <laughs> but uh, it took about one race to figure that out. 
man, that's, I think that's my favorite part is just learning all the moving parts, man. You know, cause it's a lot more than just showing up with a car and stepping on the gas. Well, yeah, for sure. And then afterwards is not always about just cleaning the mud off of it. It's about going to the cooler and grabbing that beer and drinking it with the other guys in the crew. Right. Yeah, man. The, the camaraderie and stuff and the, the brotherhood and dude, that's what keeps me going. As I look back at, you know, any day we were at a race and we might've not been having a good day, you know, something, something probably wasn't going right, but everybody's smiling, you know, my friends are there, my family's there. And it's like, this is what it's about, man. It's about getting everybody together and, and solving problems and, and moving forward. Like, you know, man, sometimes it's just like, this sucks and you're having a bad day, but you look back and it's like, dude, we were having a blast. Let's face it. I mean, we're racing, come on. And we're doing it with our friends and family. So yeah, it's, it's not exactly as Matt, how would say embracing the suck. It's, it, <laughs> it might suck, but it sure, sure that'll be a good day at work. Yeah, you know? and then anytime, anytime. So, so I got to get a jab in there before we jump back to, uh, basically history, but how does it feel to have the King Sam bagger, Casey Gilbert in your class? You raced against him at KOH. <laughs> I got a Casey Gilbert story for the first, the first race we ever raced. And I don't know if you want to talk about that yet, but yeah. So you raced in dude, Kentucky. 2018? Yeah. That was, yeah, was the first time we ever raced. We had a, the only ultra four car I could afford. It was well used and not very well loved. And we didn't know, man, like I said, we didn't, we're like, dude, I grew up off-roading, but we, we rolled it off the trailer, put it in four low and that was it. You know, we're crawling rocks. We didn't, I, I literally never raced anything in my life or put a four wheel drive car in high range until we, our first ultra four event. <laughs> Trial by fire. I love this. Dude, we, as we were finishing that race or as Casey Gilbert was finishing that race, we were finishing our first lap. And I'll never forget. We had a, our, our tower spotter go, well, that was 54. This is dirty turtle, man. I don't know if it, I just like five mile laps. It took us 54 minutes to do one lap, man. And I remember they're like, Gilbert's getting ready to win. We're like, cool. We didn't know who he was, but man, he's fast. He's a great guy. I love, I love watching all of his pictures of him getting shit stuck in places. And he's always up to something out in the woods. Oh, he's a disaster. Uh, but I love him. I mean, you've come a long way since then. I mean, you guys finished fifth at, uh, finished at fifth at Airy BFE. And then KOH was, was good to y'all. No, man, we, it was, we ended up, we ended up 10th at KOH. We started 91st. Yeah. So we, we had a power steering pump. We sent it off that big jump that Elrod and Gibby built. We, we, it's funny, man. We're sitting in the car, getting ready to qualify and we qualified super early in the morning. And Terry goes, they must not expect much out of us, man. Cause it's like <laughs> first thing in the morning and, and all the stock class guys are going and we just launched it off that first jump. And what we didn't know at the time is when we, when we landed our brand new car steering pump, let go. And I got about halfway up that rock wall and I couldn't turn the car. So we had to shut it down. So that bumps us back to 91st, man. But dude, we, we got all the way up to 10th from there. We were, we were moving during the race. Yeah. You guys finished a uh, 13th overall, but 10th in class. I mean, yeah, that's, you guys had a damn good day. I, I, I do want to, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about KOH here in a moment, but I need to jump back. So you're uh you grew up in Colorado Springs. You talked about Wheeling, I, right? I did, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I grew up uh, off-road with my dad, man, Colorado Springs, uh, most of my life. Did you know the Lovell brothers? I did, man. And what's funny is we're uh, we're pretty – I think Brad's just a couple years younger than me. But they they grew up across town from me. But uh, later on, as you know, Brad got out on his own. And, and he – funny enough story, man, is where my grandmother used to live before she passed. He lived right across the street from her. Oh, wow. So and Brad, Brad's been great to me, man. I've reached out to him when we first started to, to get some advice. And, and he's always super helpful man, just a really good dude. But yeah, we grew up kind of doing the same stuff in the same town, but we, uh, just far enough away from each other that we didn't really run in the same circle. So yeah, you, you know, 40 years ago, you might've passed each other in the grocery store as little kids and you, you wouldn't right. know, right. That, that, right. that you guys would be, you know, door to door today and racing in, you know, the same class. And tell me about uh, growing up in Colorado Springs. It was great, man. We're, uh, my mom's family goes back like, I think I was fifth generation on her side from Colorado Springs. My dad was, my dad was a military guy and that's how he ended up. His family ended up there, but it was good, man. I still, I still own a house there. That's, you know, I don't know that I'm going to live there again or not, but it's, it's always going to be home. You know, the Pike speak is home, man. When I see it, I'm like, that's there, that's the house. And I've got nothing but a big giant family and, and all my best friends are still out there. And, it was great, man. We were in the we were in the woods wheeling every weekend as a little kid. So much so that I kind of shunned it as a teenager. You know, it was like we we'd come out here to Moab twice a year. You know, like when I had spring break, man, we were going to Moab, and it was like you know, you get fifteen, sixteen years old, you want to chase girls and hang out with your buddies. You know, I was like, Dad, I don't, I don't do we have to go to Moab again? You know, I don't want to go off roading anymore. It's kind of you know because that's all we did, man. And my dad. You know, we started out, it was a, it was a way to get to see really cool places, you know, we can fish. And if you want to go to Wheeler Lake or Grizzly or Holy Cross city, man, you got to have a, you got to have a capable four wheel drive. And that's, that's kind of how we started was to just get to cool places. You know, my dad's, um, I guess I'm a lot like him and that the next thing I know, he's got a pretty gnarly rig and he's the president of the Colorado four wheel drive association or whatever. And now we're, we're traveling all over the country off road. And, and then, uh, like I said, I kind of shunned it as a, as a younger guy. And when I had my kids, man, it was like, I got to, I got to show these guys, these places. So I bought a Jeep, you know, so it's what you do. You buy a Jeep and well, here we are, but it gets out of hand and yeah, it always gets out of hand. Right. <laughs> and it turns into something else. The next thing you know, you're buying ultra four cars and that's it, man. That's conning it. your friends into going to Mexico and <laughs> exactly. It'll be fine. It's like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> It's like we've heard this story somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So when did you finally get out of Colorado Springs? I know you end up in DC. Did you end up, uh, I think you're a military guy. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, you're man, a military I, guy, I, so. I was, I, I joined the military, man. I, I went to, uh, you know, I did basic training, went to school and all that. And my first duty assignment was, uh, Las Vegas. Rough. I was like, I'm 21 years old and I've got to go to Las Vegas. So man. So when did that for a few years, man, and I ended up in Omaha. Oh, were, were you Air Force then? I was, yeah. Okay, so you're at Offit. Yep, yep. I was at Offit. First duty station was Nellis, and then uh, I got out. That was right around nine eleven. I was I was actually out processing when that happened. Ended up moving back home to Colorado Springs for a few years, and then I ended up on the East Coast for several. You like many former servicemen looking for a job and your skill set. Based on your skill set, you end up you're a private contractor for the military. 
or the government or somebody. I, yeah. So I'm, 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 a, I'm self-employed. I'm an independent contractor. I do, you know, somewhere along the lines when I got out of the air force, I started working kind of for some special mission units and stuff. So I got, yeah, I just, I kind of fell into the, the civilian side of that and I self-employed, man, I do training, advising, consulting for a lot of different units, but that's fun. Keeps me busy. Keeps me traveling. Meeting cool new people every day. Yeah. 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 And then handing off your skill set to them, right? Yeah, it's great, man. That that was always fun. You know, I, I love teachers. By the way, I know myself well enough. I can't teach anything. Like I, <laughs> I do not have any patience. I'm the worst. It, it, everything from simple, you know, teaching my kid math to like how to use an impact gun. I mean, it's yeah. I just yeah. have no patience. Give that to me, you know. Yeah, just do it yourself, right? <laughs> but you guys that do, uh, you know, you're, you know, in, in your genre, your subject matter expert, and then. You, to find guys that one are that, but then two can be able to convey that to other folks is even just a, a cooler detail. So that's what you do today, right? Yeah, man. I, I kind of travel all over the world and consulting and advising and training and helping out wherever they need me. Yeah. They bounce you everywhere. DC though. So let's talk about DC for a minute. So you're there during basically the, the certainly most of the Trump years were there more year before that. Yeah, man, I was there for, I think, eight years, Just and I've only been here two, so, the yeah. Last yeah. part of Obama, and then, uh, yeah. you know, most of, of all of Trump, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what was the feel in, in D.C. when there was the change, when we went from Obama to, to Trump? You know, it's uh, D.C. proper, which I, I, I then and still kind of avoided like the plague was, uh, as, as you should, we all should. Yeah. You know, um, I think, you know how that goes out there, but it's funny, man, because I lived in, in a, in a little town called Warrington and it, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with kind of Northern Virginia, but even when you're out in the rolling Hills and it's kind of horse country, you're still surrounded by like millions of people. There's just trees between you, but that kind of, that, that line, man, where kind of, DCNs and like they would say real Virginia starts is, is definitely pretty a stark contrast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my word was pretty, but yours was definitely <laughs> a, a, a little bit better descriptor. You've got two kids, right? I mean, you've got, but one, one's fairly grown, right? I'm going to say. Yeah. I, yeah. He's 26, man. He's oh, wait, uh, way he's, older. Okay. Yeah, he lives in uh, Colorado Springs full time. That's kind of going to date you. I mean, it's kind of going to date you uh, to be like an old guy, and uh, you do not look like an old guy like at all. Oh, dude, look at this hair. I had a barber recently. She's like, she's like, when did you go gray? And I did, and I went gray in high school. And she was like, honey, that ain't gray. That's white. And I was like, well, all right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> like a young yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Sanders, man. Yeah. You're like, how do you, how do you keep your beard high and tight? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. Man. So I, I had a kid young. I had, a, I was 20. Yeah. He's, he's in Colorado Springs, man. He's, he's literally a rock star, man. He, he plays the, the drums in a, a couple of bands. They actually, I think their album Tuesday just released. And I think they've already moved like a hundred thousand copies. It's been oh, like wow. hours nice. or something. He, he's killing it. And he's, uh, when COVID kicked off, they were in Canada and scheduled to spend that summer in Europe touring. And then they kind of, that, you know, how that went, but man, he's doing his thing, dude. He's, he's touring the country. He's, he's been around the world and he's, he's playing the drums. So super proud of him. So not unlike you, I mean, you, you toured the world, you were a rock star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
he's 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 a he's a he's an amazing drummer man and then i have a 17 year old here with me in moab that is he's a junior in high school so he's got one more year so are you just you have have him out in the shop wrenching you is he learning that or is he having no interest man no interest or a lot moderate okay moderate interest you know we um i'm trying to get him in the car you know i'm like dude get in here hopefully that's where you know we can the next step maybe but he man he's he's super handy he he's been around it forever he he's a big help he's a, he's a big help and he came out to hammers and man it was it was cool to see him uh you know he just looked around took him a, just a few minutes to get his bearings and he kind of knew what to do and that you know i know a lot of grown men that just stand around i can't do that <laughs> so pretty stoked to, to so to when's his 18th out. he just turned 17 man two weeks ago so uh he's he's april okay so you could get him for mid to last half the next season there we go and certainly actually i'm going to make that a little segue here so jump jumping around a little bit we, we were talking about marketing you're racing the whole west series this year so that puts you at koh that puts you at moab that puts you in san felipe for next year you've already kind of said hey i'm not going to race the full series but i'm going to pick and choose my races that make the most sense for warrior bill and for coverage and for media so yeah i assume you know koh is clearly on there that's that's the big one sure um, for me sure. mint 400 and yeah. then and i think i, I saw on may, maybe on your questionnaire or maybe we you said it you're looking at nora Yep, that'd be a yep. fun, that's that's just a fun one. That's a, that that's a good one to do for fun. What 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 else lands in your bucket list of races to hit during that? Man, I think you just named them all. Man, we okay. wanted to do the mint. We wanted to do the mint because it's the mint, right? Oh God, it is. Yeah, Nora. I mean, you're you're every person that's ever been there, and I I haven't been, but everyone's like, dude, that's the most fun you can have at a race. Yeah, you know, I, I hear that from from several people, and, and and Brad, you know, I he's like, man level uh we've had this conversation a couple times he's like we do it with like five people because you know it's always intimidating like dude i don't need i don't have the help i don't how do we how do you even pull that off he's like two guys in the race car three guys in the chase truck and go you know yeah and they take you know brad and roger they take their sons and they're they they do it in a razor yeah that this year i think brad was in a bronco but i think i i definitely saw buy him in in uh their four seat razor but so I don't know exactly levels. They're always in, they're always at a race doing something, but I saw it's something that they do with their boys. So I can see that being, you know, Nora will be at a point where, you know, Elijah may have to miss some school, but, uh, I think he's going to learn yeah. more, learn more, you know, eating dust and wrenching in, uh, Mexico with his dad, than he would get out of those two or three days in school. Okay. Moms, you didn't yeah. hear that earmuffs, moms, earmuffs. <laughs> No, we, you're, 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 you're absolutely right, man. That's what we went to hammers. This is the first time you got to go. And I was like, man, you'll never forget the week we spent together at hammers, but you will never remember what you did that week at school. So I wrote all of his teachers. I was like, I'm taking him out of school for a week. It's COVID, whatever. He's a great student, man. He's a straight A student anyways. I'm like, we're fine. Yeah. And we, and he had a, he had a blast. Where did you guys pit at hammers? You guys were in Hammertown North. Yeah. So we were. It was me and Hartman and Kevin Condon were all under one tent, right? And Cade was right. Cade was just right next to me. So, so you guys were kind of on that first row outside of the short course. Yep. 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 So facing the eighteen wheelers, like the. Yep. Yep. Okay. I know. I know about where you where you were. I. I mean, I didn't see you, but Horschel was over in that area. He was at the very end of that row. 
which would be the far north end of it. Uh, I wish I knew the street names. I don't know the street names. I know there's a spider tracks in a worn way. That's all I get. I don't don't know where those are. I couldn't tell you either, but yeah, man, it was, uh, we had, uh, Kevin Condon, who's got a new, uh, I think it was his first year racing. He's the guy that had that unfortunate, he was shock tuning and wanted that Jimmy's car up pretty bad. If you remember any of that. I don't know. Yeah, he was out, brand new car, man. And they got it ready, man. They raced it. Um, and then Dave Hartman was right next to me. And uh, Cade was just on the other side of me. So Hart- Hartman's a character. I like that guy. He- oh, yeah. Love him, man. Uh, us old guys got to stick together. <laughs> He's yeah, we become pretty good that, friends, man. Yeah, he's he's one of the other guys that looks. He's a lot older than he looks. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks like a young guy. All right, so so you guys, uh, you and your son, you're living there, in Moab. Are you giving him the same, you know, kind of a uh, outdoor, you know, push that your dad gave you? Are you guys out, you know, in a jeep, you know, hitting some slick rock on a regular basis? Or yeah, man, we spent a lot of time out on the trails, man. I bought a. So his first vehicle is my old TJ. I have a TJ on Curry's and five speed supercharged. It's a handful, you know, outside of Moab, I, would, I don't think I'd let him drive it because it's, it's a highly, <laughs> it's a highly modified TJ. Right. I taught him how, that's how he learned how he learned how to drive on that vehicle. I was like, dude, if you can drive this, you're golden. And, uh, that's, that's his daily driver, man. He's cruising that. We, we take that out quite a bit. I got a four seat Can-Am and I did, I wasn't a big side-by-side guy until I moved here. And I was like, wait a minute, these things are street legal. So I got, I bought a four seat Can-Am and put plates on it, started modifying it. And dude, that is like my goat. That's my daily driver, man. Unless the weather's bad. I just drive the Can-Am everywhere, grocery store, doctor's office, whatever. And, uh, I call it the trail limo, man. And we, we loaded up with a cooler and we, that's kind of our, our jam is we'll just go see the sights man just because you can you can just cover so much ground and you can spend all day on one of those things and it's just comfortable and i i'm so envious of you guys that live in locations <laughs> where you can do that the first time i you know i'm rolling into lake havasu city to go see easy rick and a freaking razor rolled up with the light next to me and i'm like ah, that guy's gonna get in trouble no they're legal in the red and he did he took off in the light and i'm pull, well i mean i'm pulling twenty four thousand pounds in race trailer yeah. and he takes off. I see the plate and I'm like, that damn thing's plated. What the hell? And then yeah, talk, it's talk awesome, to, dude. Yeah. I got to oh, tell you man. the first few, the first few times I was driving it around, I, I know I was completely legal. I had the license plate registration insurance. All that. I still felt like I was doing something wrong, you know, look, but it's, it's great, man. Yeah. If I ever move here, if I ever moved to a state where I, I can't drive it every day, I don't, I don't think I'd own it. Man, Cause I wouldn't trailer it to the trail. That's yeah. not, you know, but it's, it sure is cool to cruise around town and, and then. Well, tell me how they, uh, so I know Moab police are pretty strict, strict and stringent on, you know, like, uh, mud flaps and all of that. How do they handle that for the razors? You know, I think as long as you're legal and respectful, man, they're, they're pretty, pretty mellow. You know, it's not really the local law enforcement. In fact, the, the one and only conversation I ever had with the the police chief here, we were standing in line at a restaurant and he's wearing a King off-road racing shock hoodie, you know, and we started talking and he's like, yeah, man, a lot of these guys are off-roaders, so they get it. But, you know, the city council is a whole other Well, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's kind of the problem with, well, the liberal cities. Right. And, and, you know, man, I mean, a lot of it, you know, we, I'll I'll say the off-road community, 
you know, some of that is, is self-induced, man. You know, it is, absolutely. people do, people do come here and they're not street legal and they're ripping around town at all hours of the night and they got their music playing and their buggy whips lit up and they're, you know, or going off trail or I can't tell you how many times I've been in one of the national parks where it's clearly illegal. You have all the notice and morning in the world to not drive a side by side in there and people still do it. And it's like, you know, we keep, we can't have the, the high ground with these people that are trying to shut this down when we've got, you know, it's at least common denominator out here acting like they own the place. So I, I get both sides, but you know, this is a, this is this town, this tourism in this town is built on off-roading and it's in danger, man. It, it really is. Easter Jeep Safari was, you know, canceled then back on then canceled them back on then canceled them back on. And then it ultimately ended up being on, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Why give them ammo? And I think we, as a community do a pretty good job policing, but we just can't be everywhere all the time. Right. Right. And yeah. It, and it seems yeah. to be, there's always somebody somewhere that, and especially when it comes to side-by-sides, you can walk into a player stealer, they pass a back, you know, a, a credit check and you roll out with one. That's how you get one. Yep. Could you yep. imagine if that's all it took to get a trophy truck? Right. right. And that you could do it on payments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or a 4,400 car, right? Could you imagine, sure. you know, you just, Hey, you, Hey, come race 4,400 because you can pay 500 bucks a, a month on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you're going to be yeah, an yeah, idiot. You're right, man. You're right. You're right. But on the other side, I kind of want that to happen. Like it would be mainstream. <laughs> if you can, if you don't want to get a trophy truck for five hundred a month, I'll, I'll go in on. <laughs> we'll <you>. go halfsies. <laughs> Still have money for beer left. Yeah, we'll, definitely. I'm one of those guys. I can afford the truck. I can't afford to race it. That's, That's it, man. I was out. I was out at Nick Nelson's shop over the winter. He's got that really cool all-wheel drive trophy truck sitting there, and so he's like, "It's for sale." I'm like, dude, if I had that. I couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. You know, it's in my shop, just like it sits in Nick's shop. Yeah. Nick yeah. is an amazing fabricator. Great dude built that thing. It is amazing. But he, you know, with what he does, he can't, can't afford to race. We, it, it looks yeah, great. Expensive. And when he's in it, God, he's fast as hell, but yeah, it's, they're expensive. I mean, I mean, 4,400 is expensive. I mean, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. I don't know. Somebody told me once, you know, he was trying to convince me about, it was kind of some budget stuff around racing. I was like, man, whoever told you racing was like cheap. <laughs> they oh, lied man. to you. It's expensive. It's so expensive. And it takes, there's so much, there's so much work that goes into it. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, well, but- it, that's the other thing. It's time. Well, I mean, and it's, it isn't just dollar cost. It's uh right. It's, it's time cost. And, and what that does with, uh, if you aren't, working on that car, especially, you know, a small team where it's just you and con and buddies into it. And that's how I was. If you're not working on the car, then no one's working on the car. And if you're working on the car, then nobody's at home and you're not with your kids and you're not with your wife. You're not there, right? You're, you're absent on one side of the coin or the other side of the coin. There's, there's not two of you. You can't clone each other. And some of these guys, you know, if you got the shop at your house, I've never been in a situation where I've had a shop at my house, my shop, you know, I've, got a, a big shop but it's i don't know 18 miles away so which is sometimes good but then it's also sometimes bad because you're kind of in your head when you're there you turn on that that other side of your your mind and you you crank you know 
some ACDC in the back or some Led Zeppelin and you go to a different place. And next thing you know, six hours later, you're still working and uh, your wife's now called you 30 times, but because the phone is sitting over on the workbench across the shop, you didn't see that she, she called. And then she shows up thinking that maybe a car fell on you and you're not sure if she's, you know, she's crying because she's excited. She saw you or she's crying because you weren't crushed by a car. Like she envisioned. <laughs> but, but, but I know you, you've written on some stuff that, uh, that I'd read that, that, you know, you struggled with that, you know, all your time working, working abroad for, uh, for the government, you know, it's, you know, you're guilty on one side of the coin or the other, either, you know, you've got this, this dedication to dedication to country and this, you know, this feeling and belief that you've got to do what you're doing. You signed up for it and you have this, this level of patriotism in your heart or you're at home with your wife and the, the, you know, the kids, the boys, and then you're missing that other side. So that's part of, you know, part of the warrior built issues, you know, what's going on mentally, the mental, the mental fights that guys set up. So how did, how have you addressed that in your life? Yeah, it's tough, man. Well, you know, I guess we're getting out of Afghanistan now, but a lot, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been going there for 20 years. You know, and a lot of Americans kind of forgot, you know, that that was even happening. And it's, I know I spent way more time over there in, 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 in places that, you know, looking back, it's just like, you know, I, I was there doing the right thing, doing, doing what I do and doing it with my brothers, but man, the family sure pay. And I, I don't know, you know, what the, the answer to that is other than organizations like Warrior Built, guys can lean on each other, guys can talk about things uh from deeply personal to just bsing about you know racing or whatever when i first met uh, linked up with nick ham the, the founder of warrior belt foundation it was like me and this guy just clicked you know uh and i've seen what he does one of the most selfless individuals i've ever met i mean what they do for people and 95 percent of it nobody knows except for the guy they did it for you know and his family that and that's why i'm just I was all in on on working with them and, and trying to support them, and and it's it, we're all just one big family, man. There's a brotherhood that just comes from kind of our backgrounds and what we do for a living, anyways. And then combine that with other things like you know other commonalities, whether it be racing or. I think what you're hitting on there is the stressors aren't unique from guy to guy to guy. You know, I mean, a guy may feel. I mean, I, I I mean, I see it. I can clearly see it in in you and some of the other guys that that, that I know doing this is that you feel like, you know, you're, you're at this alone, right? That no, no one can help you because, you know, Hey, I, I am who I am. I'm, I'm tough. I can, you know, control this. I can handle this. I, nothing's going to beat me, yada, yada. But at the same time, there's thousands and thousands of other humans that have done and gone through very similar or same or close to, I'm not going to say anyone, any unique individual has does not have a unique story. They absolutely do. Everyone has their own little different version of it. But the fact is you can help or people can help you. Sure. There is options for getting, you know, mental health, getting yourself right in the world and finding, uh, finding purpose again or finding your place or like I said, just helping other folks. And I think that's the, that's the coolest thing that I've seen out of, uh, you know, bringing Terry up again and his involvement. He's a guy that struggles uh, somewhat mentally on around that stuff. And just as a good friend of mine, I support everything that he's doing. And, and I've seen like what, when he started getting involved with warrior built, what it did to my friend, right? What I saw yeah. it do to him. And I was like, 
y'all don't have to sell me on anything. Like I, I witnessed a transformation, somebody that don't get me wrong. He had purpose every day. He had passion every day, but there were days that it wasn't as, as prevalent. And guess what? He was struggling with something and, uh, it was just under the surface. And then he, he, he found a, a tight group to work through. And I think it's awesome. You, I mean, I think it's awesome that you guys have those groups. Yeah, you got to, man. I mean, there's a lot of them. So there's a lot of help that people can, can reach out, you know, but like you said, it's, you know, and the guys that do kind of that, that line of work or are type A guys anyways. And sometimes I think they're too cool for help, but I think, I think that that stigma's kind of getting over, man. And, and at least it needs to be. And I think a lot of guys that I really respect that, you know, kind of the ultimate tough guys in my eyes that, Hey man, it's okay to lean on your bros and ask for some help and, and talk about some stuff. So I'm super excited to be involved with it. And, and man, one of the reasons we started racing is man, just a release for me, man, you know, therapy, let's go, let's go do something. Right. It's been great. It's been great. So what was the catalyst that gets you to go to King of the Hammers 2018 as a spectator? Who got you there? how do you, how do you show up? You know, I, I don't know if you remember, man, but it, it seemed to me that Ultra Four Racing was on like cable TV every week. It was for a while. They had a it series. Was. Yeah. So I was I would watch that man, and, and I'd be like, "This is cool," you know. And I had a buggy at the time. I went from a, you know, four door JKU on one tons and forty twos to a buggy, and I was cruising that buggy and super happy. I started watching Ultra Four on TV, and I was like, "This is insane." And I and I had heard the King of the Hammers from way back and watched all the YouTube videos, but the the week I, I look forward to that show every week. I was actually overseas, man, and and my my trip got cut short. So I was coming back, and I called my buddy Nate, and he's he, he's a guy that if Terry's not in the right seat, Nate is. Nate's been, okay. you know, we've all got we've all got that guy in our life that we can call, and he's gonna do, you know, hey, let's go do something really dumb, and he's like, I'm in, you know, bags um, already just, packed, let's go. Right. He's, he's, we grew up together, man. He's, he's, he's been a real important part of my life, my family's life. And I call him and I said, Hey man, I'm coming home early. We're going to King of the Hammers. I'll meet you in Vegas. And he's like, see you there. So we went out, we watched, uh, watched, we, we did what everybody does when you go to King of the Hammers for the first time, you go to backdoor, right? So we went to backdoor and we watched the EMC guys come down. I watched the guy flop on that first ledge coming down to the big drop. And it took him forever and he finally got him righted. And then he drove, I don't know, what is that? 20, 30 feet. And he flopped again. And I was like, all right, dude, like I can do better than this this. guy. We can do this, man. Like we've been doing this anyways. You know, we, we hung out, watched as much of the race as we could. We're, you know, that was our first time ever being there. It was like sensory overload. You know, we're like, this is amazing. So we get back to Vegas and we do what guys do in Vegas. We sit down at a bar and we start drinking. I'm like, all right, dude, when I get home, I'm selling my buggy. A unit that I had been working with at that time frame had just taken a bunch of losses. And I knew that a guy that ran a charity that was helping those families out. And I was like, why isn't anybody, you know, like the marathon runners do, why isn't anybody doing these endurance races for charity? I was like, "We'll, we'll do it. It's like, we'll do it. That'll make, that'll, we'll do it. And then we can go race and we'll race some money and we'll give this a shot. And that's what we did, man. I went home and sold my buggy and bought the, the only ultra four car I could afford. And we went and raced that a couple of times, figured out we were doing it the hard way with a, you know, a car that needed a lot, a lot of work and wasn't very competitive. But you're still having fun. Uh, we were having a blast. We were having a blast, but you know, we want to do well. 
Cause it's whether you show up and you know, it's, it's actually heartening, man. He's like, dude, you're doing this the hard way. Cause we're always working on something, always chasing some problem, you know? And I started talking to Randy Rod about it. Me and him are, are, are pretty, pretty good friends, man. And he put me in a car. It took, it took a long time to get it to me. Put me in a really competitive car with things of work of art. Those guys, they killed it. I'm proud to say between the prep and, and the, the original build and the prep and kind of my OCD-ness, it's finished every race it started. So knock on wood, I can tell you that next week. But <laughs> hey, you've only got it, man. We, we went to Hammers uh, to watch. We're like, dude, we got this. Then it was kind of like, hey, let's be drinking some whiskey and like, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. And then here we're doing it, man. So, so walk me through the, uh, the racing, racing for miles for dollars. I've heard the concept. I'm just not familiar with it for you. And, and I, I caught wind of it for you ways that, you know, us as a community or in the racing family can raise dollars towards, uh, for warrior built and where it goes to these you know, families that have uh, suffered losses abroad. Sure, man. So the concept was, you know, there's a, there's a website and there's a few different ways to do it, but there's a, there's a site called uh, pledge it. And, um, they, they handle everything. The money, they're just, they handle people go on there. And what you, what you do is you basically, you set up a a campaign. In our case, we do it. The first hammers we did really well. Uh, we did pretty good for warrior belt this last one, but I think we started a little late. People can go on and they can they can pledge a flat rate or they can pledge any amount per mile that we finished hammers. And then at the end, we tally it up and it all goes directly to the charity. We're just kind of the vehicle literally out there doing the work, but they the, the money just gets passed through. We, we don't touch it. It goes, it all goes to. Before you go too much further, uh, when you reach out to me about, hey, what do I need to do to, you know, about marketing stuff? And hey, I said, come on you actually have a website. Most, most race teams do not have their own website. Yeah. They have a Facebook page or whatever, but you actually have a, a, a website. It's race GSM, which it stands for Grace squad motorsports. So race GSM.com. You go there, you've got a, it's just one page, but at least it's got pictures. It shows the 4825, your Jimmy's car, but right up there on the upper right in big red box says pledge here. You click that right. and it takes you to that basically hammers for heroes proceeds benefiting the warrior built foundation. And, uh, you have the ability to, uh, to pledge money towards, towards you completing stuff. Right. Right. Yep. 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 And we, uh, we did pretty well, man. We, you know, what's funny is the, the, the first time we did it, we didn't finish hammers in the, the first car and we made for, for a different charity. We made about 25 grand for a, a day's worth of out racing the hammers it's dude it's great it gives us you know it, it gives us a goal it gets money to to the right charities that are doing stuff for 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 the right people and you need to get it updated for uh for san felipe well we're not doing that we're not doing the charity thing for san felipe oh man i was gonna donate right here while i'm looking at it no i appreciate Fresh it man, but we're that was kind of why one of the reasons we wanted to do the mint and the nor at some of these longer races is that we can we can ask people to to get behind us and, 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 and cheer us on. And, you know, the first year we did it, man, we asked all, all kinds of ultra work. Right? We had, we had all kinds of people sign up and we, the way we had the pledge set up was you could pick your favorite driver. It didn't have to be me because nobody knows who the hell I am. You could pick your favorite driver and pledge. Well, we're changing their that, mileage. <laughs> we are. And I appreciate it, but we could change. Uh, you could pledge Casey Gilbert did it. Hartman, uh, a lot of people. We had a lot of people kind of get on board with us and you as Wyatt, you go, Hey man, my favorite, you know, 4,600 driver, pick him. 
So I'm betting he's going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a dollar a mile and see how he does. And, and that's, I think that's why we did so well the first time, but I think it's a cool concept, man. It's nothing new, but nobody's doing it in ultra four. We are. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Let me know the next time or, or you're posting the insiders group on Facebook, you know, when the next one is you guys have set up and ready to go. I mean, there's, there is 88 miles you're supposed to do this coming Saturday. So, I mean, we yeah. could, we could have been on that. I think it's <laughs> you're just saying, I mean, I don't know if I would have put, put money on. on you to win, but but I mean, it's out there. I mean, it's, you guys are racing four laps, 22 miles here in a week. I mean, ah, such an opportunity. No, I'm just playing with you. Yeah. Please keep the community like up and aware when you guys uh, decide to roll it out again. Absolutely mint 400, you know, uh, next spring would be great. Um, that'd be a yep. really good one. That's such a fun deal. So, so you're, you're going through the old car then you end up with the, the new car talking to the Randy's crew and enough people have convinced you that, yeah. And you kind of can have convinced yourself, right? You need the new car. You need the, the, the Jimmy's car, super competitive. We've seen what Cade's done with it. Cade's great driver and great equipment. There's a long pedigree of people that have had lots of success in Jimmy's cars. So zero doubt about that. Now on prep, do you prep yourself or do you have a, I don't, man, I don't have, well, one, if I had the time, it would take me three times longer than it does. Everybody else. I, I, I am involved. I do a lot of it, but lately I've been sending the car to Clint Keenan from Keenan racing fabrication, which I don't know if you know who he is and I'm I don't think I'm going to get him in trouble, but he worked full time for Lauren and Vaughn uh, Monday through Friday. He he was involved in my build. He's a really great guy. And he reached out to me early on this season and was like, man, what can I do to help? And I was like, oh, I'm glad you asked, man. Because, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly traveling. And when I'm, when I am here, I'm a single dad. I've got like, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. And I'm working out of a two car garage. So I've leaned on a lot of people to help. And Clint has been absolutely amazing with the prep. So that's his night and weekend job down there. And, uh, uh, I think, I think I drive him nuts. Cause man, that, that, that poor guy drives home. You know, he, he, he commutes up to his house, which is you know, an hour and a half, two hours away from the fun haver shop. And then he works on my car until he goes to sleep. And then I try to get down there and help. And, and he's a great family. And that, you know, I, I got, I love that guy. He's, he's, he's young, man. It's, it's like Cade, you know, you forget Cade's 21, you know, <laughs> and Clint's another young guy that just really meticulous. You know, he, he, he's been around off-road racing forever. And sometimes, man, you know, like I'll, I'll just send the car down there just to have him look at it because you, I'm sure you, if you're like me, man, you, as soon as you get another set of eyes on something, you're like, dude, I looked at that a hundred times and I didn't see that. Yeah, that's some some of that uh too close to the trees to see the forest or or vice versa. Yeah. I don't know what that saying is, but yeah, absolutely. Fresh set of eyes always always does wonders. You know, you can have your checklist and I'm a checklist guy. You know, you as you check down, invariably yeah. something's you know, and that's the thing. It's something always gets missed or and and even the ones that nothing gets missed, you get everything. Then you still have the 30 cent fuse or the 10 cent o-ring that ends up deciding sure. that's when it wants to exit stage right. Yeah. But he's, he's helped me out a lot, man. I've all the, all the guys at Jimmy's have had, you know, they were all, they've all had their hand in the bill. They've all had their hand in prep in some way or another. Nick Nelson's helped out with a bunch of stuff. You know, it, it's just, man, I'm all ears and I'm, it's, it's really cool to be surrounded by people that know what they're doing and 
that want to help. So my buddy, Mike Seward over there. Yeah. He's a Texan. I miss that guy. Uh, we do him. get to see him and, uh, him and Lori, you know, they're, they're just good people. It was really cool to see when he moved up there, but I catch up with him enough that, uh, yeah, but, yeah. He's a great guy, man. And he's, he was, he was really, man, when, when we came across that finish line the first time in that car, we, we didn't, the car that the 48 P were driving now, I didn't drive it until qualifying hammers because it, we were having some transmission issues and I, I had kind of no faith. And that's why we didn't do the charity thing that year. Cause I was like, dude, I'm not going to ask people to bet on us and, and put a charity out there and, and never even get to the start line. And this car, like we literally picked it up on our way to hammers and, uh, but man, we came across that line and there Mike Stewart standing there, man. And he, you know, we, it was like, we got a little emotional, man. Cause he, he had, he put a lot of time, all those guys did. You know, like I said, I think that thing's a work of art, man. Those guys are, those guys are artists and. Oh, they treat them like they're babies too. Like, yeah. like when they, when they leave, you know, they, they talk about Mike, like, like that was my baby. I, that was summer of 2019. <laughs> I took him yeah. from an infant all the way up to she left the nest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right with you, man. Mike and Lori are great people. And we, he, he rode with me in the car once last year and then we had a great time, man. So. I, I like it. So, okay. So let's, let's jump forward. We'll, we'll skip some stuff. We'll skip some parts here. So KOH this year, tell me about it. So you guys, again, you finished 10th, 13th in EMC. Walk me through that race. How, how did that race go for you? Well, the qualifying kind of was a little deflated, man. Cause we were, I think we were on pace to just crush it and qualifying. I was just like, I, I, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, sitting there waiting for the green flag. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm just going to send it. Okay, and we did yeah. it. We had a mechanical issue. It bumped us back. So, you know, we're like, well, this is going to suck fighting through all this traffic and dust. But Terry and I talked about it and we're like, Hey man, let's just, you know, one thing that I've, I've tell everybody and I mean, me, me and Terry have talked about it several times is one, bro, I can't afford another one of these. So if I wad this up, it's over. It's like, over. I will never race again. So I'm going to err on the side of caution, man. I'm a little more conservative than a lot of guys, I think. But it's like, dude, I would rather race a bunch more than get first place and, or, or maybe wreck this car. We were cruising, man, obviously. But we got about halfway back to the main on lap one. And there's a helicopter over us. And Terry goes, we're doing a whole lot better than we think we are. And so that's what I was going to ask. Like when you take a back of the pack, right. You know, I mean, you're, you're 91 off the line or so, somewhere in there and you're going to come across 13th, uh, in the MC 10th in, in 4,800. That means you passed 80 some cars. We passed a lot of cars, man. How did that, we were, out? we were cruising. It felt awesome. It felt awesome. And you, what, what was cool is some, you know, we, we picked them off a lot in the desert, but when we hit the rocks, man, we. I think at outer limits, we got around an entire convoy. You know, it was just like, Terry, you know, Terry jumps out and he sees something and he's like, come on. And we just, that was cool, man. We shot her. I couldn't even tell you. We must have passed 10 cars just right there at one, one spot, you know, and we just kept doing that and kept doing that. And right about the time he goes, man, we're, all, we're done. We're good. We've been through everything. I flopped it. Oh, <laughs> so. I don't even know how or why, man. Fatigue. I, I completely missed the line. Tried to drive out of it. Put it on its lid. And dude, we were at like the end of Sunbonnet. All we had to do was get back on the dirt and drive it home. And it took us 
because we were wedged. We were wedged pretty bad, and, and the winch didn't want to. We kept breaking winch lines, and I, I think it took us 35, 45 minutes to get back on our back on our all fours. How many people got by you at that point? Not Probably very not many. many, man. Yeah. Not very many. But you know, and at that point, man, I was bummed. I was like, man, because I just. We're cruising back, and this, you know, I learned one of the things I learned. You know, Terry and I talked about this since he's pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And at that point, I just want to finish. You know, I'm just my mind is like, dude, let's just get the car home. And he's he's yelling at me. He's like, man, you need to be making up time right here. And I'm like, we're good. I just want to get the car back. And uh, the difference, man, I'd have to look at it again. It's been a while, but the difference between tenth and like fifth was just seconds. And I, you know, we it just goes to show you, man, we. Just one one mistake and and you're screwed. Sometimes <laughs> we had a really good race, man. Just one uh, one screw up and it was 100 my fault. Put it on its lid in a bad spot. Yeah, we drove through all the hard stuff. Sometimes That's the, the easy BFE, stuff. At, at BFE, I was like, I'm not worried about these rocks. You only roll over on flat ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, you, you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, that's a pr- that's a pretty bad deal but we can talk about one of the most famous ones was josh blyler rolling on that ledge you were just talking about right 30 yeah. minutes ago dropping into yeah. a back door blyler yeah. just throws it on the side <laughs> he's just for no reason yeah. i mean that's what right that's what physically I first I mean, all the oil runs out like <laughs> god dang it you yeah. know and so you yeah. only get a kick yourself at that point right it's like it, yeah, exactly. you you, you got to blame yourself on that man so you guys get it together and you light out after the desert and you you get in what was your level of elation as you pulled across the stage and ended up having the conversation with the you know the announcers who was the announcer that stuck his his mic in your window at that point i don't remember man that's it's good somebody i'm not familiar with well, I think that sometimes, you know, like it's like your wedding night, right? You don't, I don't remember much from my reception, yeah. but yeah, you're, you, you've made it right. You just went through this grueling marathon and, uh, and you're there. It felt great, man. And you look down and you see, you know, Excel, all the guys from Jimmy's and all the water bill guys there and my kids there. And you now we finished, man. And, and that's, we wanted to make as much money for the foundation as we could. And that's the best we could do, man. I think y'all killed it, man. I, I, I think that's, I think that's fun as hell, right? The reason why you're doing it. And then the, there's something else on top of it. You know, many of us, we just get in the car for ourselves. You're getting in the car, you know, representing, you know, much more than that. Way, 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 way much more than that. But yeah, I don't want to go too, too far down that, down that path, but from day one deciding, you know, you, 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 you catch you know, the, the KOH bug on TV, you've seen it on, it's like CS, CBS sports. They ran, you know, the road to the hammers, um, you know, a lot of will Gentile stuff in there. Just absolutely love that series. It did. It seemed like it took KOH. It took ultra four kind of the next level. We got a lot of new blood in the field. Like I if I look at the UTV entry list and even some of the EMC stuff, I don't know that I don't know the guys, you know, and that's why, you know, you're a great example, you know, getting you on here. You know, uh, my first season, I brought Nate Jesse on. Who's this guy? I don't know this guy. I, we grabbed somebody out of the field that can talk about what it's like today to go from where you were at and then now you're this ultra four off-road racer. How cool that is on the current now. Yeah. Yeah. You're just cheesing. <laughs> you're just <laughs> a permanent man. grin. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an no, off-road man. racer. 
you know, no, you know what, man? I, I'm not. And I, I tell that I tell that to Miles, man. I'm like, dude, I and I tell Mike, Mike Sears, like, don't ever say that again. But I'm like, dude, I'm not like I don't fancy myself like a racer. Like I it, like I love off like off-roading is kind of my lifestyle. It has been forever. This is just kind of taking it to as far of a level as I can take it to, at least, you know. But well, I'm I'm here to disagree with everything you're saying because <laughs> right right now right now you're fourth in fourth in the national points, headed into San Felipe. You you know you had a tenth place KOH finish, which out of a race that started you know around a hundred, around forty finished in the EMC, and you end up tenth and that and you started at the back of the pack. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now that you've got to be a wheel man to to pull that off, and then you go into uh, Moab. And you had a, a a great finish there, dude. You're looking like a champ. You've got it's kind of the world is set up in front of you, in my opinion. And again, that's why I knew your name. I was like, who is this guy? Like I've seen this. So let's have this conversation, man. Just, just such fruitous timing on, uh, on, 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 yeah. on you reaching out this week as we kind of, you know, look through your race program, which you know, it's, it's thrown together, right? It's uh you're still a dude having fun and you're convincing your friends to go have fun with you. And, and hopefully you're going to have Elijah having fun with you. What's kind of the next steps after, you know, you've talked about or alluded to, I shouldn't say talk about like some Easter eggs about not driving, you know, if Elijah likes it uh, and you guys race nowhere together, what's that future look like? What's mentally where you're going? I'm not saying you're an old guy. Cause I, again, we talked about this earlier. I don't think you're old at all. You're far from it. I'm going to guess. Are you, are, are you 40, 41, 42? I'm 46, man. 46. Ah, oh, see, I, yeah. I spotted you five years and you, and then you came yeah. clean. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and I look like I'm 60. So you're, I don't know if you're drinking over there or what, man. I don't see it's a water. It's a, it's <laughs> sweetened, it's sweetened lime, but it's just a water. Oh God. God. Yeah. God. So yeah. What, what is you've alluded to it. You've thrown yeah, some man. Easter eggs out there and I'd love to hear this plotting planning and exit strategy i want to hear how other yeah, people do it so i just you know like i said man i'm a, i'm an enthusiast i love to learn about this stuff i have so much fun just like some of the most fun i've ever had at races was going to help kate or going to help dave and there's no pressure to drive right you can i think that the thing i enjoy the most about this whole process, man, is learning the stuff. There's so many X's and O's going to it. Split times, who's going to be where, who's doing what, you know, there's so many moving parts and who's watching the left tires and who's watching the right tires. And, so you're uh, a student yeah. of the game. You're I really mean, a student I, of the game. I, I try to be, man. And, and I think that's maybe, you know, I appreciate you saying I'm a wheel man, but I, I, I think that what probably what I, more of our success is just that I, try to study and I take it very seriously, man. And I, 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 you know, the in-car videos, I watch them over and over and over again and try to, do, you know, try to do better. And, and I talk to people and I, I ask a lot of questions and I really enjoy that part of it more so than I actually enjoy like driving. I got you. So, or not. so I'll put you on the spot right here on that. What is like your top two questions to top two answers that you've asked people you didn't know? to get answers that have helped your race program? Well, I asked you, you're crushing it, man. I'm, uh, and it, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you are I'm a super big fan, but it, I, you know what? A lot of times, man, I'll ask and it, it'll be kind of people that maybe have a little bit of purview into, 
into my program or their friends, but maybe have a lot more experience. Like, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Or I'll just, I'll just spend a, you know, a, a, an evening with, you know, Nick Nelson. I mean, that, that guy knows a lot of stuff. Randy Rod knows a lot of stuff about off-road racing. And it's, it's fun to just sit down and drink beer with them and, and just kind of pick their brains. And I'm, I'm hey, listening, man. Nuggets. I'm all ears. Yeah, yeah just I'm glean always, some I'm little nuggets. Listening. Yeah, that was always the thing. And, you know, the, and I know you've heard it if you, you've been a fan of this as well, that's really what I've loved about the show is the ability to ask guys those questions. Like, what is the nugget that you think is a, maybe a little bit of a strategic advantage for you? Or what was it something that is super painfully obvious today? But last week before you talked to Lauren Healy, it wasn't obvious at that point. Right. You know, things like things along those lines that because we've all learned for the most part through trial and error. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's sometimes the hard way. You don't always have to do that, but we do. Right. That's how most people do it, including me. But hard heads. Man, I try to ask, I try to ask people and I, I really enjoy that. So to kind of get back to your original question, man, I, what I would like to do is, you know, is to keep the, keep the whole thing going with warrior belt and gray squad and, and, and keep I love being involved in the program and all that stuff. You know, you might talk to me next year and I, I'll change my mind, but I, I think ultimately I want to kind of run the X's and O's and, and the playbooks on the program and, and take care of all the details and stuff. Cause that's kind of my wheelhouse and let's get a couple of young kids in there, you know, and whether it's mine, hopefully, or, or, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of watching other guys and stuff, but I would kind of like to get back to off-roading for, with my buddies around a campfire, drinking a beer and then doing the, the racing thing kind of without, so just get back, get back to leaf looking and, uh, and racing. Yeah, the I, I mean, I, I, every time I'm ripping my hair out over something and, you know, Randy or somebody calls me, I'm like, Hey man, can we just sell all these race cars and, and go, go back to camping and Jeeps and stuff. But yeah, that's just me being silly. Maybe next year. That lasts about two years. And then next year you're like, I need a new race car. Right. That, that's right, nothing to right. do with the racing. It has to do with the people. You just want back, yeah. you just want to be back, back in the purview with, uh, uh, of your friends. That's right. And that's kind of how we started this whole conversation, right? It's, it's all, it's all about the people. And I think as long as that's, that's the goal, man, then you're always going to have fun, but I don't know, brother. I, uh, I would be perfectly happy to, I'm always going to be involved on the car. I would, I, I really enjoy being at the events and I really enjoy all the stuff that goes into it but it doesn't have to be, it's not my, I don't race for my ego, man. It's not my, it's not like my ego is not like, well, I started with it. I mean, it's, it's from your own, uh, ha- hashtag pile here. It's a, uh, uh, no egos, just amigos. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, right. like, I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's quite possibly one of my favorite hashtags I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and it jumped out. No egos, just amigos, you know, like yeah. hell, hell yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, like, man. If, if me and you are out there and we're having a good time and we're doing some good stuff for good people, then that is, that is the win. So, so, me. you know, we, we've certainly definitely covered all, all, all the warrior built stuff. And as we talked about, you know, the, the, the whole genesis of this call was you calling me earlier in the week about, you know, marketing, what, what do I need to do for marketing or something along those lines? Now that we've had this call and now that you've had a week to think about, you know, having this you know, this, uh, this interview, what are some of the marketing things you've stumbled on as a new guy for the most part in the sport, trying to push marketing of yourself that you automatically and already see even veterans not doing? What are some of the, the things that you've seen? 
or you recognize even? You know what my struggle was like, I don't, I guess it was assuming, you know, especially through the charity stuff when you're doing the, the, the pledges through the, is like me just assuming that friends, because I have social media and because I have a website, have any idea what I'm doing, you know, and they don't, they don't. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's my, a good friend of mine uh, on the East coast was like, man, you need to do good old guerrilla marketing. And that, that was just like, he just text people. And I did, man, when it was like pledge time for hammers, I'm thinking all these people, friends and family, I'm like, why aren't they? Come on, man, pledge a quarter, you know? So I just started texting people, but I, you know, that's something I still struggle with, man. And I'm, I'm trying to learn is it, and you talk to people, it's like, they're like, well, what are you doing with this? You know? And it's like, man, how do you not know that? And I don't don't mean you, I mean like friends of mine. No, absolutely. And it's like, so you know, that's the struggle is, man, you put this stuff out there and some guys are really good at it, man. I'm watching, uh, you know, Kevin Jones, Ultra Four Jones doing his thing, man. He's, 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 and I, I just, I just met him for the first time here at her BFE and man, I really admire what he's doing with social media stuff. Of course, you know, the guy, Lauren Vaughn, all those guys are on a whole other level, but yeah, I think Kevin's a great example. Out, I, in my he opinion, is. he, he is, you know, for like the, the bench race sessions, you know, I, I put it out there. Hey, when we were doing rush, Hey, what, what West coast guys, Hey, if you want to come on the clubhouse thing, Hey, hit me up. I'll make you whatever the admin, uh, moderator, whatever, where you're already on the stage and we will have, you'll be in, in the conversation versus and let's do that. Hit me up. He was the first one. Yeah. Ultra four he's all yeah. over it, man. He was, he was he's like, he's, and then, and then maybe a day later, he sends me a text, uh, a, a picture of his, uh, basically it wasn't a yellow legal pad, but it was, you know, a notepad with all of his notes and who his picks were for each class, what they'd finished KOH in, what they'd finished, uh, at Airbnb in if they were there or reasons why they're on his list, he sends it to me and it is a full notepad. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure this dude is prepared. I mean, he was prepared. And then yeah. I didn't even ask him any of that stuff. I asked him some stuff. Completely <laughs> <laughs> he was prepared, but, uh, you, you, you gotta keep people on their toes. So, Hey man, <laughs> I love it. So, so Mr. Michael London, did we cover kind of everything you wanted to cover? Man, I'm as much yeah, as you remember, I'm, you want to cover dude. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Thank you for having me on. Well, we're not done yet, but we're almost, cause I got the last thing and this is the thing I've started kind of new top three songs that kind of say who you are right now. Like, what are you listening to right now oh, that are right now? And I know, I know. And, and, and this goes a different place before you even answer that. I'll give you a chance to think about it while I'm talking. You have said in your notes to me that you are this underground music snob. <laughs> so I'd like i am to, a music snob i'd like That's to what i'm saying dude yeah i want to get into like like what what is an underground music snob I, no i don't mean underground i just mean like nobody would know that oh, I'm unsuspecting like, unsuspecting yeah okay. i'm thinking like garage band you know like, no uh, man no I, I i should have been more clear on that i'm just a like an american music kind of nerd like whether it's and I, I can't answer your question specifically dude it's everything from Hank Williams senior to freaking Wu-Tang clan. And I can talk probably pretty intelligently about everything in between there. I'm a huge music nerd. You won't catch me. So you're, you're about to go get in the ring with Mike Tyson. What's your walk-up song? 
my walk-up song. <laughs> the Ring with Mike Tyson, my walk-up song. Oh, my goodness, dude. It would probably be something by The Descendants, which is a punk band. And it would probably be... Uh, well, it's Mike Tyson. This is a song, every, a song called Everything Sucks by The Descendants because I'm about to get knocked out. So <laughs> Maybe have your ear bit off. Yeah. Okay, same <laughs> question because I'm going to get three songs out of you. Same question, okay. but in the ring is Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. I would probably do... Uh, I would go with something with, like, from Sturgill Simpson. You know Sturgill Simpson? Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, Turtles man. All the Way Down. Yeah, that's my that's the jam. Yeah, that's I one of my see, favorite ones he does. I, yeah, I, I could see that one being a, being a good one. Okay, Th- because this man has never been in a fight ever in his life, physical fight. <laughs> that's why I'm going to use him, and he's <laughs> everyone's going to get a, 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 a carrot on this one. Same question: walk up music in the ring, but it's Dave Cole. It's Dave Cole. Oh, I could get in a lot of trouble there. Yeah, that's the that's why I asked the question. <laughs> I could get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> No, <laughs> he's never fought anyone, so he doesn't know either. I, I should ask him well, what his walking music is. He might try is. to fight me if I answered that question, man. <laughs> Let's see, man. Uh, what would be a good one? It would probably, we might have to pause out there, Wyatt. I got to think about that for a second. Oh, um, no, but. no, it doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah, because because I mean, I I started pondering this, you know, with as I started this back with Goodby and then Jeremy and 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 then every day it kind of changes a little bit. But for me, like I do, I like getting in the shop and uh, man, I, I put on Zeppelin and just in the box set and just let it roll all the way through. You know, the '60s, the '70s. I mean, obviously, I do have some favorites in there. But then I know I get in the car. I do not listen to Zeppelin when I'm driving. It's it, that yeah. is shop music. And yeah, I got in, in mentally, I can remember like where I'm at in the transmission pull process when cashmere came on, you know, like, like right. where it was right. yeah. L- little stuff like that. But I, I heard a guy sing, um, and I wish I knew who the name the, the, the artist was, but he sang a song. It was stairway to heaven was the music, but the words he had different words for it. And I couldn't figure out how he did it. Um, uh, like, like yeah. I couldn't, you, you understand like what I mean? Like the mental part of he's playing stairway to heaven, but he's singing a different song. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this dude can not only walk chew bubble gum, but he can also solve quadratic equations on a treadmill <laughs> right. riding a unicycle. I'm like, this blew my mind. I was, I was commuting. I'm on, I'm on the highway and I'm like going through, what was this guy going through mentally? to be able to play yeah, stairway to heaven and sing a different song that went. And the thing was, it actually sounded pretty good. Yeah, I bet it was good, man. So what's your number three? My number three song would probably be, uh, if it's Dave Cole, and he's never been in a fight. I mean, he's a big dude, but he is, I mean, I, you know, I could, you I can't could, go like could, LL Cool J mama say, knock you out. Like that's like, too, that's like yeah. too obvious. You no, need, no, no, man. It would be like, uh, it would be like, uh, going to be probably, a big rock star. Some Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably what Dave listens to. I, uh, I don't know what Dave listens to. I'll have to, I'll have to text, text him and ask him, give me his top three songs. 
I don't know what he looks. Oh, uh, we're good. Either. Well, on the, on that note, Mr. London, thank you for uh, thank you for for hitting me up. It couldn't have been per- more perfect timing. I was literally based on how I messed up scheduling for the last two weeks, and it was it was a two week why it why it dropped the ball. Um, you bailed me out huge. You you called it the right time. You had a need, and I had a need, and symbiotically we uh, we worked it out. I got to meet you. Uh, hopefully, a whole bunch of other people are going to listen to and be like, "Who is this guy?" And then they're going to walk away and be like, oh, that's the warrior built guy. We need to support him and support our troops and support all our guys. Thank you for your service all, all those years. And thank you for continuing to the guys that are still going outside the wire today. Thank you for doing the training with them and giving them passing on your skills to those guys so that, you know, they're better prepared for what they're going to face. And, um, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for helping all the guys that come back and, and have things they need to check off to, uh, to ensure, you know, they're positive and smiling and <laughs> everything, every, everything's going to be all right. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, man. This is really cool. Like I said, it's, I, I listen to it every week, man. It's, it's generally somebody I kind of look up to or want to learn something from. And, and, um, it's, it's, it's really rad to be here. So well, safe travels this week. Good luck. I'm probably going to, you know, I think you're going to have to be my pick on Wednesday night in the bench bench racing session for, uh, to, to win the, the 4,800 class. I think I'm going to call that right now. So people hear me say it now. And then, and then, <laughs> when, right. and then when you hear the bench race session, I pick somebody else. You'll be like, that guy lied to me. Straight <laughs> lied right to me. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. Well, man, thank you again. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Good luck this week at San Felipe. Safe drive. And on that note, everybody, we out. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into the Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at the Talent Tank or our website, thetalenttank.com.